Since Rhea and I were married 23 years ago, it's, uh, it's been our tradition every year to, uh, to get a real tree. And there's just something about uh, picking out the right one now with the family and it's the natural beauty and the, the texture of the needles and the, the sap that stays on your fingers until spring break. You know what I'm talking about, the, the, the smell of fresh pine in the mornings. And I'm gonna miss it because uh, next year we're gonna get an artificial tree. I know, don't hate. I mean, remember, um, we're an everyone's welcome kind of church, but the kids are getting a little older and the, the girls are in college and we're gonna save some money and, and it comes uh, pre-lit, so there's no untangling the lights. And, uh, and you can pretty much divide the Christmas world into two groups of people. You got people who love Hallmark movies and people who believe Die Hard is a Christmas movie. And then there are another two groups. They're the artificial trees people and the, the real trees people. So I'm wondering how many of you are artificial trees people? How many of you are real trees kind of folks? Um, I'm not trying to divide the church on Christmas, but, uh, but I want us to take us back to, to where the tradition of Christmas trees come from. Uh, in, the, in the 1500s, there was a, there's a pastor in Germany named Martin Luther, and he wanted to find a way to help his kids remember the gospel during Advent. So he cut down a small tree and he brought it in the house and they put a star up on top to symbolize the star that led the wise men to Jesus. They put candles on the branches because Jesus is the light of the world. And Luther, uh, he burned down his house that Christmas. I'm just kidding, um, I made that part up. But, but really the tradition of the Christmas tree goes back to Martin Luther. And Martin Luther's tree helped his kids reflect on the true meaning of Christmas. Christmas does that for us. Like it helps us look back. It helps us remember and reflect, which is a good thing because we need help with that. Like we all tend to struggle. We all tend to struggle with two memory problems. The first is that we, we tend to forget the things that we need to remember. Anybody struggle with this? Now, don't point, but um, did you get the batteries and did you get that gift? And did you get the turkey out of the oven? Like, did you? Did you bring the thing that you were supposed to bring to the thing? Like we all forget things sometimes. We forget the things that we need to remember. We forget the moments that we want to remember. Christmas helps us with this. Um, ornaments help us with this. I'm, I'm gonna tell you, there's something special, something I love. It's almost sacred about, about getting out that box of ornaments and decorating the tree. It's nostalgic. It's wild how something so simple can take you back in a moment. Back to when you were a kid or back to when the kids were little and got all the feels. The happiness over the moment shared, the sadness over what was missed or, or how quickly time has, um, has flown by. You know, uh, this year um, I, came, I came across this one and, uh, and it got me. This little canvas with a, with a painting from when Raleigh, um, our oldest, when she was eight. And it's our family as a snowman um, 12 Christmases ago. And it's a masterpiece, right? I mean, it's, it's priceless. And as I reflect on this, there's part of me when I see it, I think, man, if I could just go back, if I could just go back uh, 12 years, you know, um, there are things if I could go back that I'd do differently. There are things that I would change over the past 12 years. 
I have regrets. And I'm guessing you do too. We all do because we're, we're human. And some of us were like, man, past 12 years, like let's just talk about the past 12 hours. We all have regrets because sin leads to regret. And all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all sinned, we've all messed up, we've all made mistakes, we all have errors, which leads to our second memory problem. See, not only do we forget the things that we wanna remember, we remember the things that we wanna forget. So what do we do with that? Like, what do we do with regret? We can justify it or rationalize it, we can ignore it, we can blame others, we can shove it down deep, or we can try and drown it. But even Cousin Eddie knows that they don't make enough eggnog for that. We need something real. We need something substantial. We need something true that we can trust in. And this is where the truth of Christmas helps us. The Apostle Paul, uh, toward the end of his life, he didn't have long left. He writes this letter to his spiritual son, Timothy. And it's a, it's a truth that helped him deal with the, with the Mount Everest of regret in his past. And he said to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, he said, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. Some of you might say, Pastor, that doesn't sound like a very Christmassy verse. I'm going to tell you, I believe this is one of the most Christmassy verses there is. This is the reason Jesus showed up. This is the reason that Jesus came in the first place. Jesus wasn't born so we could get off school or get off work or exchange gifts or have a religious holiday. Jesus came in this world to save sinners like me, like you, like us. Jesus came to give us new life, to rescue us from our regrets. This is the reason for his, for his humble birth and for his obedient life and for his sacrificial death and for, for, for his powerful resurrection, to forgive us of our sin, to make us right with God, to give us a fresh start, a new beginning, to live life with him. Y'all, this is such good news. And Paul is like, I'm the worst sinner. He's like, I'm not gonna let y'all take that title. Paul is saying, you have regrets, I've got more. But let me tell you what, his grace is sufficient for me. And if his grace is sufficient for me, it's sufficient for you. That word um, save means to heal, means to restore, means to rescue, it means to be made whole, to be made whole. What that means is your past does not define you. When you put your trust in Jesus, God no longer sees your sin. He sees his son. He doesn't see your regrets. He sees the righteousness of Christ. This changes how we see. When we reflect on this truth, when we receive this truth, it changes how we see God. It changes how we see ourselves. And it changes how we see others. It changes how we see God. God is not some far off cosmic being who is uninvolved or disinterested in us. No, he is, he is worthy. He's worthy of our lives and worthy of our love and worthy of our everything. He doesn't just hang off in a distance and wait for us to come to him. No, he comes to us to rescue us. See, religion is about humanity's attempt to climb and get to God. Christianity is God coming for us. See, it, it changes how we see ourselves. Now, when you look in a mirror and you see your reflection, what do you see? That's a loaded question. You see wrinkles or a blemish or maybe a part of your face that you wish you could change. Let me ask you a question. When God looks at you, what does he see? What does he think? 
There's a, a sociological concept called the looking glass self. That's just another way of saying mirror. And the idea is this, that when we look at ourselves, how we see ourselves is based on what we think the most important person in our world thinks about us. And this is why I wanna urge you to make God the most important person in your world. Because the message of Christmas is that you are worthy. You are worth Jesus to God. Your worth comes from Him. You have worth, you're worth Jesus living for, you're worth Jesus dying for, you're worth Jesus going to the cross for, you're worth Jesus going through adolescence for. And that's, that's saying a lot, because I don't know if I do that for anybody, do that again for, for anybody. But, but there's this line, there's this line in, in O Holy Night that just rips through me every time, where it says, long lay the world in sin an error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. That word pining, it has nothing to do with trees. It has everything to do with regret. Because when we remember our sin and we remember our errors and we remember our past, it can cause us to, to doubt our worth. And the message of Christmas is that you're worth Jesus to God. In the art world, uh, the value of a painting comes from the price that someone's willing to pay. And uh, in 2017, Leonardo da Vinci's painting of Jesus called The Savior of the World was auctioned for $450 million. I'd probably pay off the credit card bill after Christmas, right? And uh, Merry Christmas. $450 million for that painting. Now think about this. Jesus gave his life for you. You were bought at a price. That's what you're worth. And you know what? He would do it all over again, even if it was only for you. Jesus would rather die and sp than spend eternity without you, without me, without us. The Bible says that when he forgives us, that he casts our sin as far as the east is from the west, and that he chooses to remember it no more. Not that he merely forgets it, but that he makes a choice. He says, I'm not gonna bring that up. He chooses to remember it no more. And the truth of Christmas, it changes how we see God. It changes how we see ourselves. And it changes how we see other people. It changes how we see our family. It changes how we see our friends. It changes how we see our neighbors. It changes how we see the world because it means Christmas is for everybody. And everybody is somebody that Jesus loves and that Jesus came for. Somebody Jesus lived for and somebody that he died for. It means they're worth it too. So regardless of their religion, of their background, or how they vote, or what they believe, there's somebody worth loving, and somebody he came to forgive. And because he has forgiven us, he can give us the grace to forgive others, to live free, to have a no regrets kind of Christmas. So how do we experience that? Paul says Christ Jesus came into the world to, to save sinners. And he says it's a trustworthy truth that deserves full acceptance. Well, what does it mean to fully accept something? Well, it means to receive it, like a gift or a present. And some of us need to stop trying to, trying to earn something that's been given. And then some of us simply need to receive that gift. And so how do you do that? Well, you tell God. Just say out loud to Jesus. You can even whisper it right now. You just repeat after me. Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. I give my life to you. I give you my regrets and I receive your new life. Thank you for saving me. Listen, if you made that your prayer, it's the best Christmas of your life. See, not only did you receive the greatest gift, but it also means that Jesus got what he came for, and that was you. 
And when we reflect on the truth of Christmas, it changes how we see, how we see God, how we see ourselves, how we see others, and how we see our regrets. And you know, my prayer for you is, uh, is that you would never look in the mirror the same way again. That when you look in the mirror, that you would see somebody worth Jesus coming for, that you would see your worth to God.